This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Don Wick, Tyler Donaldson, and Whitney Pittman. The uh, Today is day one for Commodity Classic. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick is in Houston and has this report. East Grand Forks farmer Rhonda Larson wraps up her year as past chair of U.S. Wheat Associates, ending her six-year run on the officer team. It's been a whirlwind. It's been a lot. I mean, I've met more people and I've met more millers and I've met, gone to different countries and helped sell some wheat overseas and it's, it's been a whirlwind. Larson is proud of the reputation of U.S. Wheat. We, U.S. Wheat is very, very much respected. I mean, they are very, they can get into to mills and bakers and when they come in, they, they're respected because of the knowledge and because of our product. I mean, U.S. Wheat is respected that we do have the best wheat. I don't care what Russia says. <laughs> Obviously a very competitive situation when you look at wheat compared to maybe some other commodities. Right. And, and unfortunately, like overseas right now, it's price, 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 price. And our wheat is expensive. I'm not saying it's not, but it's the best. At Commodity Classic, the state corn and soybean caucuses will be held this afternoon. The trade show, the massive trade show, also opening later today. Our Commodity Classic coverage made possible by the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, by the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and by Truterra. From Houston and Commodity Classic, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson also in Houston at Commodity Classic. Here at the Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas, speaking with National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President of Policy and Communications, Jake Westland. Jake, so what's on the agenda here uh, coming into the Classic uh, for the Wheat Growers Association? So Commodity Classic uh, is our, is our when the National Association of Wheat Growers when we hold our, our annual meeting. So what we do here is we you know, review our expiring policy resolutions, uh, look to update those, consider new resolutions that might be brought forward by our state associations, and we also hold our you know, annual elections for our officers and our, some of our other positions that are elected by the board. And then obviously we have the trade show component, but we also have our, our president's reception and our national wheat yield contest winners, which is one of our national wheat foundation activities. So they also have their board meeting in conjunction with the National Association of Wheat Growers board meeting as well. What are some of the policy uh, items that you guys are looking to focus on here coming into the uh, 2024 planning season? So one of, as you can imagine, one of our big uh, unfinished business uh, policy items from 2000. 23 is the, the farm bill. So we're continuing to work on that. We've had a lot of positive engagements with Capitol Hill during our fly-ins last fall, as well as at our winter meeting in January that was in Washington, D.C. So we're continuing to kind of like work that. We have some committee staff that we'll be talking to who are here at Commodity Classics. Some of them are coming to our meetings. Some of them have other events uh, throughout the week. So we will be continuing to remain engaged with Capitol Hill to kind of work to get the farm bill across the finish line so that it not only we have that long-term certainty but also so that it works for wheat growers. Anything else we should be talking about here Jake? No I think we're just really looking forward to kind of getting the opportunity to have an awesome annual meeting here at Commodity Classic and also uh, hit the trade show floor so feel free to stop by our booth we're on the third floor 7705 so feel free to stop by the National Association Wheat Growers booth. 
That was National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President of Policy and Communications, Jake Westland. Live coverage of the 2024 Commodity Classic is brought to you by Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and True Terra. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Seeing a cold, cold start to the morning here across the northern plains. Uh, National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Amy Parkins says while most of the area is still seeing cold temperatures today, we should begin to warm up tomorrow. The system, it was a pretty strong cold front that moved through uh, the area. Still going to stay pretty cold across the east and across much of Minnesota. And then by the time we get into Thursday, that's when we start to see that real good push of warm air return. And that looks to continue into at least the early part of the weekend. A lot of below zero readings this morning. Bismarck, Jamestown, nine below. Aberdeen is one below this morning. Uh, Bemidji, 13 below zero. Rozo's at nine below. Monoman at 12 below zero this morning. So very cold start. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Warm soil temperatures in March may be tough on alfalfa if those temperatures dip again with very little snow cover. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. University of Minnesota Extension Forage agronomist Craig Schaefer says it's tough to predict the weather, but big temperature swings in March could hurt alfalfa stands if the plants come out of dormancy. I can't predict the weather, but it looks like we're in a trend of warmer temperatures. And let's hope we don't see the wide swings that happen where it gets warm and then drop down and um, to, to we get these killing temperatures for the alfalfa foliage. And again, we're looking at the low 20s here, not 32, but in the low 20s. For producers that did not cut fields in the fall, there could be added insulation that we're missing with a lack of snowpack. Fields that have that residue on them, those stems, are about anywhere two to five degrees lower in temperature under the residue of an uncut field than a field that has been cut. So if alfalfa was not harvested in the fall, that stubble protects the soil from the um, sun's energy, and I say protects it or shields it, um, buffers it against the um, warm-up. So it's a good thing if the alfalfa field was not harvested in the fall. There are options to select varieties that are more protected against breaking dormancy in the spring. That could mean avoiding winter kill late in the dormant season. So if you have a variety that is, let's just say, a two or a three fall dormant versus a four or a five fall dormant, that variety is going to grow, regrow slower and have much less risk than, than the four dormant. So fall dormancy is one of the critical factors. A variety that is more fall dormant has less risk of regrowth now during these periods of time. That's one of the management factors for now and in the future. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Seeing a mixed bag of temperatures and near to above normal precipitation in the forecast beginning next week. Here's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. And this covers the time period from March 5th through the 11th. 
We are expecting above normal temperatures roughly across the eastern half of the United States, but we will see some cooler weather becoming entrenched across the west. With that overall pattern, which is basically a dip in the jet stream in the west and a rise in the jet stream across the eastern U.S., that portends a rather stormy period across much of the country. So we are expecting near or above normal precipitation nearly nationwide. Greatest likelihood of those wet conditions will be across the eastern United States. One area that may miss out on some of the precipitation will be northern sections of the high plains where we do expect a small area of below normal precipitation. Highly pathogenic avian influenza continues to be a, a concern across the country. USDA Chief Veterinarian Rosemary Sifford urges poultry owners to be especially vigilant during the upcoming spring migration. We are still seeing detections in the wild birds. While the numbers are lower, they're still there. And so I would expect that as long as the migration comes back, at this point it seems like they're going to be carrying the virus. So I think we should be prepared for that as we move into the spring. And Sifford says biosecurity precautions are very important. I think we've seen our surges and we've seen the troughs over the last couple of years. In the October, November, early December timeframe, we saw another surge. We are still very consistently seeing that the surges are associated mostly with direct introductions from wild birds, and it's when you have wild birds in your neighborhood. But we do have to really keep our watch up. I think in some cases we're seeing a little bit of fatigue and we're all tired of this now, but it's really, really important that we keep the message up that biosecurity is still supremely important, particularly if there are wild birds in your neighborhood. Protests escalating in Poland against food imports from Ukraine and European Union green rules. According to Reuters News Service, the Polish Prime Minister said he could not rule out widening a national ban on imports of Ukrainian grains to other products if the EU does not act to protect the bloc's markets. Poland's Minister of Ag will meet with Ukrainian officials Thursday to discuss possible solutions to that issue. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Farm Bill once again on the agenda for the policy meetings at Commodity Classic. Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers President Kevin Leiser is part of the debate at the National Association of Wheat Growers annual meeting. This time is a Farm Bill. I mean, we got to look at that, look at the different options, uh, how we want to do crop insurance, if they can change it or not. Uh, it's kind of hard because some states want to keep the ARC and PLC, and that's what they want to get rid of if we go to that 85% insurance. So we'll just have to see how that works out when it comes time. The timeline for the new farm bill does remain a question mark. Yeah, it's basically if this don't happen by June, then we hit election time. It's a crazy time, and they're not going to do anything, and it'll be pushed till next year and just to get an extension. U.S. Senate has confirmed the nomination of former Virginia Secretary of Agriculture uh, Basil Gooden to become USDA Undersecretary for Rural Development. Here's Gooden speaking during his confirmation hearing. Down the road from our family's farm, my grandparents owned and operated a small country store that served our rural community for nearly five decades. Spending time there as a kid, I saw firsthand how this country store nurtured a sense of community, that this was far more than just a store. It was a vital institution in sustaining the health, social, and economic well-being of our rural community. 
Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're a little softer in the wheat. Right now we're four to five lower in Minneapolis wheat. The Chicago wheat's down seven. Kansas City is down 10. Corn is a fraction higher, half penny higher in the May. We're a quarter penny higher in the July. And we're a fraction lower in the soybeans. May soybeans down a half. And November soybeans down three quarters of a penny. Canola is down $4 a metric ton. On the farm calendar this morning, the uh, NDSU sugar beet planter test stand is in uh, Wapaton, Breckenridge area at Mindac Farmers Cooperative again today. It's also the second one down at uh, Southern Minnesota Beet Sugar Co-op at Renville. The uh, 2024 Crop Pest Identification and Management School continues today at the Fargo Dome. Commodity Classic officially kicks off here today. That's uh, at uh, Houston, Texas. Premium Ag Solutions uh, Ag Day is tomorrow, Leap Day, February 29th. That'll be at uh, the uh, at Premium Ag Solutions, four and a half miles east of Hitterdahl. SDSU Extension hosting a conference for women in agriculture March 1st and 2nd. That'll be held in Fort Pier. Also, the uh, SDSU Extension hosting a three-day estate planning and farm secession conference on March 5th, 12th, and 19th. That'll be at the uh, SDSU Extension Watertown Regional Center in Watertown. Coming up in uh, 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 Healthy Soil in Beets uh, seminar, panels of experienced uh, soil health farmers talking about how to do strip-till cover crops in sugar beet rotations. Uh, U of M Extension educator Anna Cates will be presenting ongoing research on that. That, again, is uh, Tuesday, March 5th. That'll be at the City Hall, or City, uh, City Brew Hall in Wapaton. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great Wednesday. This is the Red River Farm Network.